One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. Hello, everyone. Welcome back for a brand new edition of Collider Dailies. I'm Perry. That's John, and we've got a good lineup of stories to talk about today. I, I'm going to say a good a good lineup because I feel like maybe one of the stories could come across as a negative, but there's a pretty damn good positive spin on it. Do you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm teasing? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm getting okay. I'm getting what you're throwing down. I'll I'm take right it. With you. I'll take it. <laughs> How are you doing, John? How goes it over there? Uh, you know, this last like week has been a mad flurry of work. Um, it's just been hectic, but good hectic, I think, because we're, we're putting out some great stuff right now. So I'm pretty excited. I'll always take good hectic. Honestly, I always feel like I say things like, you know, after this thing is over, I'll be able to relax and breathe a little. But then that period comes where maybe things slow down and I'm like, like, what can I do next? What can I do next? I need to find more to do. I'll be honest. I struggle to imagine you truly relaxing. Like, I'm sure that you probably do because you're a human being, but like, you're just always like, like, just go, 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 go so much that I'm just like, I don't know how you do it. I'm trying to think of the last thing that I've done to relax. Um, Papa Nems, my dad, came to visit L.A. this past weekend. We had a long weekend together, and I feel like that was probably the most non-work relaxing things I've done. We went to Top Golf. This show is not sponsored by Top Golf. Have you ever played <laughs> Top Golf, John? No. Because it is the most incredible idea I think I've it? ever experienced golf-wise. So, but my, I come from a family of golfers. I grew up playing. I'm not going to say that I'm great at it, but it's always been a part of my life. I, I think that top golf is a game that is literally made for golfers of all skill levels, like successfully hmm. too. They basically take driving ranges 
and turn the driving range experience in into a game, into a competition. And there's targets out in the driving range and you get points depending on where you hit it within the target. But there's targets at all distances. They have some sort of Angry Birds overlay on, on the screen where you could play Angry Birds by playing golf. And hmm. it's a hard thing to explain verbally because it sounds like, oh, if you hit it the farthest, you get the most amount of points. But that's not that's not necessarily true. It's it really just like it feels like golf for everyone. And that really excites me. I'm getting a mental image of kind of what what you're throwing down. And I will say that I have not golfed in probably. It's probably been 15 years, but the last time that I did, I do remember that, like, I didn't actually enjoy the game, but I really enjoyed going to the driving range with my buddy and, you know, hitting balls. Uh, So that sounds like that might be more up my alley than the actual game of golf. This is a stressful game. I'm not going to lie. I'm not, just, look, my mom so is that. here. My mom says I'm really good at golf. <laughs> Hello. My mom is really good at golf. Like she is, she is legitimately good. I feel like I will admit, like I have some natural ability where, where I have a, a good swing and I can go out on the course, you know, any time of year with no practice and be able to hit it decently well there's a big difference between being able to do that and being able to do that consistently though. And the consistency is my problem, but well, I enjoy maybe, it. maybe someday we'll have to go golfing and you can like completely mop the Deal. floor with me. Deal. <laughs> Come visit LA or we'll purposely pick a film festival at a city with a top golf. All right. <laughs> let's get into our first story of the day. Our first story is a trailer reaction because we have the very first trailer for Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. So a little background information on the movie. This one is an action comedy about the untold true story of an unorthodox special forces unit. The first ever special forces organization formed during World War II by UK Prime Minister Winston Churchill and a small group of military officials, including author Ian Fleming. The top secret combat unit composed of a motley crew of rogues and mavericks goes on a daring mission against the Nazis using entirely unconventional and utterly ungentlemanly fighting techniques, movie stars, Henry Cavill, Ace Gonzalez, Ellen Richson, Henry Golding, and so many more. Of course, it's directed by Guy Ritchie, and it hits theaters on April 19th, 2024. Questions for you, John. Were you aware of this movie before the trailer dropped? And if so, did the trailer increase your interest in seeing it? I knew that Guy Ritchie had a movie coming, but outside of that, I didn't know anything else about it. I didn't know a title. I didn't know who was in it or anything like that. Uh, but watching the trailer immediately got me actually like really excited to watch this movie because while it doesn't look like it's like high cinema or like anything like that, it looks fun, which is what I would want from a Guy Ritchie film. I think it just looks like it's going to be a blast. I am right there with you. And I feel like, especially as of late, when does Guy Ritchie not have a movie in the works? It does feel like he's released them like quite quickly, especially in recent years. And I, I, I quite liked his last movie, The Covenant. I thought that was really well done. In this particular case, what you mentioned is what draws me to it. It's 
it's the and especially it's what they say in the uh, in the synopsis too the unconventional and utterly ungentlemanly fighting techniques. <laughs> I am eager to see a movie where Henry Cavill and this cast goes like big and bonkers with an action comedy. I thought the trailer played really, really well. I wouldn't have minded if it went a little bigger. And admittedly, I know me requesting that could have run the risk of it teetering into spoilers. And of course, I wouldn't want them to ruin anything in the marketing material before actually seeing the film. But I kind of wish they went a little bigger. I'm I'm very into just all the shots that I caught of, of Henry Cavill with his tongue hanging out while he is, you know, firing weaponry and stuff. I feel like that's going to be something that absolutely tickles me in this movie because it looks, uh, it looks yeah. quite wacky. And I like, I, it. I, I appreciated how, like during the moments where it wasn't an action sequence, he had the very, he, he felt very much like Henry Cavill would feel like, you know, a very charming individual. And then as soon as the action scenes came on, his character just seemed to like flip a switch and become like this really unhinged, like, like it seemed like he was maybe enjoying it a little bit too much, but I that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to, to see that kind of character from him. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely interested in this, but you know, right right here is a good question from on the game. Any idea of its budget? So it, it looks good. It's a very competitive marketplace right now. And, you know, they they did reportedly spend a good deal of money. I believe Apple bought this package at a requested two hundred million. And, you know, granted, Apple is in a bit of a different uh, financial boat than some other companies out there in terms of what they need in order to, you know, make a purchase worth their while. But I feel like this movie still should make a sizable sum at the box office in order for it to be deemed worth that kind of price tag. And, you know, I started to think about what else is out there right now that could be a good comp. And I think we'll have more clarity after this weekend because the obvious movie that I went to is Argyle, which, of course, has Henry Cavill in it as well. That movie, last I checked, had an opening weekend predicted range of 20 to $30 million. And I think they were like, obviously the range gets wider because it's hard to predict the long run, but I think it was something like 65 to $100 million for its domestic total. And oh my God, I'm, am I talking about Argyle? I must backtrack. The $200 million was Argyle that was on my yeah. brain. That's what happens when you write notes in one big block paragraph and you don't separate it. Yeah, you so got to bring it up. You got to get that line. It was correction. It was Argyle that was the Apple sale for $200 million. So yeah. that's that's the one that I'm uh, that I'm kind of looking at the numbers and thinking that it could be the equivalent for this particular movie. So I feel like... It could fall in a similar range, and I believe the only competition it's going to face on April 19th, or the only big studio competition it's going to face, is um, Abigail. And, uh, you know, Abigail could have a little bit of a crossover audience, but I do think that those two releasing on the same weekend... There's going to be room for both of them to succeed, which, which really excites me, so... I think I think it could be in good shape, but I do I do think this is the type of movie that probably needs like a nice little jolt of energy before release in order to make the big bucks. And again, apologies for the confusion on the budget there, folks. Yeah, I mean it's definitely going to it's definitely going to have pull. I mean, given the cast, there's some 
great actors in there and definitely some fan favorites. So I think it's it's going to have it's going to have some legs. It's going to be able to do decently well at the box office. I don't I'm not worried at all about it underperforming that much. Um, is it going to set the world on fire? Probably not. It, Guy Ritchie doesn't have the best track record as far as like making tons of money at the box office, but I don't know. I think it'll perform decently well at the very least. Just to continue clarifying, and again, these are just reported numbers. They're not confirmed, but I'm looking at a Screen Crush article right now that lists the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare at a production budget of $70 million. But again, that's that's an unconfirmed number right there. So take that with a grain of salt for now. But point being, trailer's good. We're excited for it. Hopefully it's good and it does. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, all right. Ready for our next story, John? Yeah. All right. We've got the Thunderbolts recast. So Deadline reported that Geraldine Viswanathan is set to join Marvel Studios, the Thunderbolts, replacing Iowa Debris, who is departing the project due to scheduling after production was delayed due to the duel WGA and SAG after strikes last year. Um Viswanathan is the second recent addition after the film added Lewis Pullman to step in for Stephen Young, who departed for similar scheduling reasons as a debris. Um, according to Deadline, Marvel had no comment. So, I mean, not, this doesn't surprise me. It it kind of feels inevitable. And, and you know, I, I feel like on the surface, reports like this could could be sounding the alarm. Like, oh, no, Thunderbolts is bad. They're all leaving. No, when these scheduling issues happen, especially with highly sought after stars, stars that are affiliated with ongoing TV shows, massive scheduling changes like this are bound to throw a wrench in certain plans. So that's one thing. I, I feel like this was inevitable for many of them. And the other thing is, you like, yeah, I'm upset that they're losing Iowa Debris because I think she is wildly talented. I was looking forward to seeing her in the MCU. Geraldine Viswanathan is a massive, massive gain for, for the pro. I think both of them are two of the most exciting performers of their generation. So whether it's one or the other, I am going to be equally thrilled. Yeah, I'd be hard pressed to kind of decide between which of them, which one I think would do a better job because they're both so extremely talented. My thing with the Thunderbolts, and we were talking a little bit before the show about this, is that, so like, obviously I pay a lot of attention to the MCU, a lot of attention to the kind of goings on with the movies. Uh, it is still annoying nonetheless. It kind of leans into what I think you're going to say, John. <laughs> uh, I have such a hard time following the production of this film because it seems like there's constantly things happening with it, constant changes. I'll, I'm going to admit something to you, and I feel bad admitting this because, you know, being an entertainment journalist, it's my job to know these things. I didn't even know she was in the movie to begin with. It was news I mean, to me that she left. 
Listen, I, I said it to you. I said it to you before we started rolling. This is like this is a really it's a big ensemble piece for Marvel. And and yes, there's been a lot of casting announcements, a lot of casting changes. So I very much understand things getting lost in the mix here. Um, but, you know, there's still a lot of wonderful people attached. There's a lot of uh, folks behind the scenes of, of beef that are still affiliated with this project. Of course, Jake Schreier is still directing it. So. Oh, I've still got a whole lot of hope. They've got a great group here. And just because there's some uh, some casting swaps does not concern me at all. And, you know, same thing with uh, with Lewis Pullman. I love Stephen Young and I was so excited to see him in this movie. Lewis Pullman is also incredibly talented. Have you watched Lessons in uh, Chemistry at all? I have not, but I've heard fantastic things. I quite like that show. Quite like that show. I also like just about everything that yeah. is done. I am. I will say I'm definitely with John Lee there in chat. I, I also hope that Steve gets a chance to join in another role because he is so incredibly talented and somebody that I always enjoy watching that I hope he gets, that he gets the opportunity to pop up somewhere along the line, which honestly, considering the fact that it really sounded like Marvel liked him, I wouldn't be surprised if down the line he gets another one. Just to add on to what Sam said here, he's talking about Geraldine Viswanathan. Most people probably know her from Blockers. I think she's great in Blockers. Um, other things to look out for. Well, I, I love Miracle Workers. I think that's a great show, and I think she soars in that. But also an upcoming release. She stars in opposite Margaret Qualley, Driveway Doll. So keep an eye out for that if you want to see more of her work. All right. Final story of the day. Supergirl. It's official. We've got a Supergirl. House of the Dragons and Millie Alcock has landed the coveted role of Supergirl in James Gunn and Peter Safran's new DC universe. This one is this line is via deadline. And to be completely honest, I'm not a big fan of this phrasing, but she beat out Coda actress Amelia Jones and Meg Donnelly. There's been buzz that the new Supergirl will appear in uh, Gun's Superman Legacy, which is about to go before cameras in Georgia, but that's not 100%, according to Deadline. What we what we know now is that she'll appear in a DC-based project before starring in her solo feature, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. No director has been announced for Supergirl. And then here's a little quote from James Gunn's Instagram. Millie is a fantastically talented young actor, and I'm incredibly excited about her being a part of the DCU. Yes, I first became aware of her in House of the Dragon, but I was blown away by her varied auditions and screen tests for Supergirl. Two two things. Just because I mentioned it as I was reading the report from Deadline, I, I don't like I don't like the idea that like someone beat out other people for a role. And yes, I know there's there's some truth to that statement because obviously one person was picked and somebody else wasn't. But anytime I talk to actors who are looking back on old, old audition experiences. It's often brought up that they wish they could have reminded themselves or, or warned themselves that sometimes it isn't about someone being more skilled than the other. It could be a wide variety of factors that are not in an individual's control. It could be someone's take on the role versus someone else's take. It could be, you know, 
like how they how they fit into the look of the world. I, it's it's a multitude of things. That's why I mentioned that I don't like that phrasing. Um, one another thing that I wanted to bring up based on what I just read there is I really appreciate that James Gunn emphasized that he was especially blown away by her varied auditions and screen tests. I feel like that's that's a key thing to highlight, and that's a very exciting thing that you know someone wowed him by by playing around and having range with the material, because I feel like that's just, you know, that's something that could suggest the creative possibilities are endless and that, you know, she's got the ability to do just about anything with this role. And I think that bodes well for the role, her solo film, and also the DCU overall. Yeah. I I will say that this is a role that I've been, I've been kind of keeping an eye on quite a bit uh, because Supergirl is actually one of my favorite comic book characters of all time love supergirl love her whole story and so like i've been really closely paying attention to this and i gotta be honest with you i i did not have uh i did not have her like on my short list of people that i saw getting the role but once she was announced i was just like you know what i'm here for it i thought she did spectacular in house of the dragon so I'm not I'm not going to like complain. I think that she's going to do a great job. Uh so I'm excited to see what she does with the character. I will agree with Sam there in chat. Uh definitely bummed that we didn't get more of Sasha Kala. Uh because she did a great job in The Flash for what it's worth. Yeah. Um, and I would have liked to have seen her get more of a chance to build more of that character. Um but you know, it is what it is. It's how the how the business works, I guess. So it goes. I'll I'll pull this back up briefly because if you want to see more of Sasha, it's it's a great opportunity to to plug a like now officially award winning Sundance twenty twenty four feature film that she's in called In the Summers that I thought was uh, that I thought was spectacular and apparently the Sundance juries did as well. So keep an eye out for that. I'm hoping distribution news comes in for that one very soon. With that. That is a wrap on today's Collider Dailies. John, is there anything you want to plug before we say goodbye? Uh, yeah. Uh, I've mentioned it a few times on a few different episodes. We have uh, our premium video initiative that we are working hard on. Uh, basically, if you go over to Collider.com, if you see an article thumbnail that has a play button in the corner, that means there is a video element to the article. And we are actually going to be uh, making some changes here soon. We're going to be sort of changing the way that we approach that content to sort of have it provide more value for you as, as you're watching it. So be looking out for that. Things are going to shift. Things are going to improve. Also, we're going to start posting those things over on our YouTube channel, the main Collider YouTube channel, not Collider Extras, just Collider. Uh, so some of them are actually already over there. I posted two earlier this morning. Uh, so go ahead and check those out and keep an eye out for that. And uh, yeah, that's that's what I got going on. Do go check those out and then go check out our Sundance 2024 interviews brought to you by Filmio. And in particular, I will plug the one that I just published. It is an interview for my favorite film of the festival this year, My Old Ass. I thought that movie was spectacular. <laughs> it's directed by Megan Park, who directed The Fallout. And it stars Maisie Stella and Carice Brooks, who are also in that interview as well. So go check that out on the Collider Interviews YouTube channel. And with that, that's a wrap on today's Collider Dailies. We will see you tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Pacific for a brand new episode.
Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I am a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.